Come on, let's lift our hearts with our hands and praise and worship the Lord together. I love you, my King and my Savior. You're so great and so mighty and so holy and so wondrous. And to thee we look, O Lord. To thee we look, O Lord. I thank you, Jesus Christ. I thank you, God of gods and King of kings. You are so holy and so mighty. Everybody said praise the Lord. If you have a Bible, I'd like to turn to the book of Psalms tonight. Psalm 16. Glad for you to be here tonight. Very nice to see each and every one of you. To be in God's house. Psalm 16. Psalm 16 and verse 11, which is the last verse of Psalm 16. Thou wilt show me the path of life. In thy presence is fullness of joy. At thy right hand there are pleasures forevermore. Everybody said praise the Lord. I want to simply minister tonight in the presence of the Lord. You may be seated. The Lord bless you. In the presence of of the Lord. The first time that we read of the presence, a mention, the first mention of the presence of the Lord is found in Genesis 3 and 8. And it is not a happy uh, mentioning here because this is where Adam and Eve hid from the presence of the Lord. This is something you do not want to do. Uh, you have no doubt read in other instances and in similar ways about Jonah how he fled from the presence of the Lord. We do not want to be running from God. We do not want to be hiding from God. We want what the Bible teaches very plainly, where two or three are gathered together in his name. He said, there am I in the midst of you. His presence is in the midst of us, right in the middle of us. He's a church-going God. There are things that you cannot get uh, outside of a church service. There are things we can get in a prayer closet. Yes, there are. But there are things that we get in a service that we're not going to get just off by ourselves somewhere. We need the balance of that. We certainly need to enter the closet and shut the door, shut out everything else, and communicate with the eternal one. There is no doubt about that. Uh, we're not about to um, go from one extreme to another here. We want everything that the Bible teaches. But in subject matter tonight, where two or three are gathered together in his name. He said, there am I in the midst of you. It tells you not to forsake the assembling of yourselves together uh, as the manner of some is. And their manners are poor manners, bad manners, un unspiritual-like manners. But that those that are practicing good Holy Ghost manners. So people write in all the time and they want to know what is the proper etiquette or the proper manner to do a certain thing. And they will quote them from uh, Emily Post or somebody, uh, their book of manners and book of etiquette. But I want to tell you, when it comes to the spiritual things, you're going to have to consult the Word of God. If you want to know what the proper manner is and what the spiritual etiquette is, 
and it is for us to gather together in his name and that he will be there. His presence will be there. And we don't want to hide from that. We don't want to flee from that. We don't want to run out of this church house away from God. We want to embrace the presence of God. We want to bask in the presence of God. We want to revel in the presence of God. We want to shout and dance and rejoice and sing and praise and lift our hearts with our hands in the presence of the Lord. We want to bow down in his presence. We want to bow down our ear to him. We want to absolutely enjoy and relish the presence of the Lord. You want this like you should want nothing else because this can do for you what nothing else can do. Amen. And amen. Amen. Another rather infamous example in the scripture is found in Genesis 4 and 16. Very close together here. You notice how a spirit gets working and how it can uh, begin to reach out and affect others. And right after we read about, I don't have a time period for you because the Bible doesn't give it to me, but right after uh, they hid from the presence of the Lord, then Genesis, the next chapter, Genesis 4 and 16, tells you that Cain went out from the presence of the Lord. This is a sad thing. And it reminds me a lot of the wording in the New Testament with regards to Judas Iscariot how that he went out from the Lord and the supper and the coming together there and that because Satan had entered his heart and he went out into the night, Satan having entered his heart. That there was no more presence of the Lord in his life. There was no more of that good joy and love of God and power of God anymore. And he went out and he went out into the night and he went out with Satan. You don't want to step out with Satan. You don't want to be walking around with Satan because he's going to lead you just like he led Judas Iscariot. He's going to lead you to a place where you're not going to be able to return from. He wants to take you to something that's going to be irreversible in your life and you'll not find your way back. Oh no! We want to be in the presence of the Lord because the Bible said in His presence there's fullness of joy. There's a whole lot of good things in the presence of the Lord. Satan will bring you to depression. Satan will lead you out into suicide spirits. Satan will lead you into sickness and all kinds of misery and of shame. But I want you to know in the presence of the Lord. The Bible said there's fullness. There's fullness. There's fullness of joy. Woo! I want that fullness of joy. I want that happiness. I want that uplifting of my heart. I want that. I need that. You need that. We all need that. Some people think it's their calling to be miserable. <laughs> some people, some people, it's you know always about weeping and crying and, and being depressed and lower lip on the ground and dragging around like some kind of vacuum cleaner sucking up every dusty thing. That's the devil's job. He's the one that was told emphatically uh, as a serpent. He said, you're, you, from now on, you're going to lick the dust. From now on, that's going to be where you're at. But that's not what God wants his people at. God wants his people right where they're worshiping and praising and magnifying. And then he said, I'm going to show up. I'm going to be there. And I'm going to give you everything that you have need of. You're not going to find yourself lacking. I'm going to be right there to answer your call and your prayer. Amen. David, the Bible teaches the sweet psalmist of Israel. David, he, uh, he certainly is noted for so many grand and great things. But he was human. He made his mistakes. 
And he said in his prayer of repentance, as it's rather famously known, Psalm 51 and verse 11, he said, Cast me not away from thy presence. That's the last thing you want is to be casted away from the presence of the Lord. But you know, when you start hiding from God and you don't want to let God work in your life, you don't want to let God speak to you, you don't want to worship God, you don't yield to God, and you continually in a service hide and duck around and think you make yourself invisible or something, it's, uh, you're going to find out that one of these days you're going to get casted out from the presence of the Lord. You reject Him and He'll reject you. It's so much better to enjoy, the pre- to learn to love the presence of the Lord and when Jesus enters the house friend there's a huge difference first time I ever went to church I knew there was a big difference I didn't know what it was but I came to understand it was the presence of the Lord Woo! that presence that presence he is the presence when he comes in the room it's a whole lot different when he fills the house Isn't that what Isaiah said? I I beheld his victories. I beheld his train. It filled the temple. It was high and lifted up. There were angels ministering there. It was an altar and it was a flame and a fire and there was was coals on fire and there was an angel with golden tongues and he was able to show that I could be cleansed by the... There's cleansing in the presence of the Lord. There's, the Bible teaches in uh, uh, Luke 5 and 17, I believe it is, it talked about how the presence, of, how the power of the Lord was present to heal them. That means His presence was there to heal them. How wonderful that is to come to a church house and to get your healing, to get what you have need of in a service, to drag your bed back in here or your headache in here or your cancer in here or your tumor in here, whatever it might be, and you go out having been healed because the presence of the Lord is here. He's here to do the job. Amen. Everybody said, praise the Lord. I'm glad when his power is present. Not absent, but present. You know, they go around lots of times. In the old days, they'd go around and, and they'd call roll and everybody would get here their name and they'd say present. And then all of a sudden you get somebody and you wouldn't hear anything. And somebody would have to say, he's absent, sir. You know, he's absent. Well, I'm glad God is not absent. He promised. He said, you gather together in my name. He said, I'm going to be right there in the midst of you. I'm not talking about generally people coming around in his name who don't know his name, who aren't baptized in his name, who aren't filled with the Holy Ghost and have his name in their forehead. I'm not talking about general religion. I'm talking about God's church. I'm talking about the congregation of the mighty. I'm talking about people that he knows them by name. He's, they are known of him. He recognizes them. Amen. If the devil recognizes Holy Ghost filled people, how much more does God recognize them? They're his children. And he said that. He made that clear. You'll be my son and daughter. I will be your father. You'll be my children. I will be your God. Amen and amen. I thank God for his beautiful presence and his mighty power. I want to turn your attention to a scripture in the old in the New Testament, 2 Thessalonians 1 and 9. 2 Thessalonians 1 and 9. Now this the beautiful passages of scripture, and they're all good, and I just need to try to stick with the one that we're dealing with here. But I would like to go up a few verses and and give to you verse 3 
beginning, we are bound to thank the Spirit, God, always for you, brethren, as it is proper or meet, because that your faith groweth exceedingly, and the charity of every one of you all toward each other aboundeth, so that we ourselves glory in you. This is ministry to members. We ourselves glory in you in the, in the churches or the congregations of God for your patience and faith in all your persecutions and tribulations that ye endure. There are going to be some challenges. There are going to be some hard times. But here's a commending now, a patting on the back for people that hang in there through it all, whatever it might be. And he said, which is a manifest token or an obvious sign of the righteous judgment of God that ye may be counted worthy of the kingdom of God for which ye also suffer. If you suffer for the kingdom of God, then you be glad about it. You be glad because there's anything worth suffering for, it's the kingdom of God. And the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Seeing it is a righteous thing with God to recompense or repay tribulation to them that trouble you. You know, God is going to take care of it all. You don't have to get a grudge. You don't have to get upset. You don't have to harbor anything in your heart that will become a root of bitterness. You simply need to just say God's going to take care of it. God, what did Paul say about Alexander the coppersmith? He said that he had done me much harm, much wrong. He said, but the Lord reward him according to his works. You let God take care of that vengeance stuff. You let God take care of the spankings. You let God take care of anything like that that needs to be taken care of. You just go on whistling about the Holy Ghost. You go on being happy about the presence of the Lord. You go ahead and enjoy yourself in God. Just ignore that other stuff and patiently continue and let your faith grow. Let your love of God, the Holy Ghost shed abroad in your heart that that abound in your life. Many of those things are just tricks of the enemy to tie up your mind. So the he went on to say in verse 7, And to you who are troubled, rest with us. When the Lord Jesus shall be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels, in flaming fire, taking vengeance. There you go. On them that know not God and that obey not the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 9, who shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord. Oh, friend, and from the glory of his power. Oh, I don't want to find myself being banished from that presence. Hell is going to have a big absentee, and that is God is not going to be there. And that's going to make it a very dark place. That's going to make it a very lonely, tormenting place. That's going to be a place where people are going to and are now screaming and wailing and gnashing of their teeth and at absolute misery because there is no presence of God. You know, right in this world today, God's presence is not only in our midst, but he, we having what God gives us universally all over the world. There is a light. There is a city that's set upon a hill. There is an eternal hope. There is this time that's accepted. And it's right now that, that this world has the salt that restrains the corrupting spirit and evilness in this world but one day that shall be gone when the Lord Jesus is going to take his body his church out of here and there will be no light there will be no light listen to 1 Thessalonians a little back up here 1 Thessalonians 2 and 19 listen to what was inspired given to us he said for what 
is our hope or joy or crown of rejoicing. He said, are not even ye in the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ at his coming? That's what the preacher is going to be happy about. The preacher is going to be happy that you are there when Jesus takes his church out of here. That's going to be our crown, the Bible says. That's going to be our joy. That's going to be our rejoicing, knowing that the sheep are in the presence of the Lord for eternity, not just for this life, but for all of eternity, never to be removed from that presence, never to have an absence of that presence. And I'm telling you, that's going to be the very opposite of what that place called hell and the lake of fire is going to be because there will be no God there. There will be no church there. There will be no angels of God in light there. There will be darkness. There will be torment. There will be brimstone and fire and Misery. I want to be right now and for all of eternity in the presence of the Lord. I want that. And I want to want that. I want to desire that. Revelation 14. Revelation 14. Bible said in verse 9 of Revelation 14 and the third angel followed them saying with a loud voice if any man worship the beast in his image and receive his mark in his forehead or in his hand the same verse 10 said shall drink of the wine of the wrath of God which is poured out without mixture into the cup of his indignation and he shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the Lord. This is going to be a final thing. This is going to be the, the very last of it. And I want you to know after this going to come after that, a total absence of God in any bit of their thinking at all. He's just not going to be there anymore. But his church, the Bible said in Revelation chapter 20, it said his church had gotten victory over the beast and over his image and over his mark and over his name and the number of his name. And it said this is the first resurrection and blessed and holy is he that hath part. We're going to have a great time around his throne in the presence of the Lord singing the song of victory and salvation. Amen. And amen. You can remain standing. Another good reason to come to church. The Bible said that from his presence, coming from his presence, that there is a refreshing. Times of refreshing that shall come from the presence of the Lord. When you have a problem, when you have a heavy load, whatever it might be, by whatever name, then this is where you want to be. You don't want less of gathering together in his name. You want more of it. You want to continually come to that. What did the writer say? All, Psalm 87, I believe it is, all my springs are in thee. All of my, the source of every good thing is in right here. It's in coming together in the presence of the Lord. What I can get here, I cannot get 
it's outside of here, if you please. I cannot get it outside of the spiritual experience that's connected with the church coming together in his name. But in his presence, there's healing. In his presence, there's fullness of joy. In his presence, there is salvation. In his presence, there is a refreshing for my weary spirit and the problem that I'm carrying and the load that I'm feeling and the answer that I need. When I get in his presence, I begin to feel that uplifting and that rejoicing and that encouragement God doesn't come to beat you down God comes to encourage you he comes to encourage you he comes to pat you on the back he comes to be the lifter up of my head amen let's lift our hearts with our hands thank you Jesus for your mighty presence for your mighty presence I give you thanks Lord for that refreshing oh Lord for that refreshing I praise you, Lord. I praise you, Lord. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh. Open the window Come on now. of heaven. Oh, yeah. When the load gets heavy, this is where you want to be. When the battles are coming against you, the challenges, this is where you want to be. When the devil's been attacking your mind all day, this is where you want to be. Because in his presence, in his presence. Oh, yes, I want to be in his presence. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Reject him. Embrace him. Open your heart and your hands to him. Feel after him. He's not far from any one of us. Come on now. <laughs> 